0: We're looking at the book of 2 Corinthians, it's a letter Paul wrote to a church in Corinth and it's really like he's fighting for this church, he's like, come on guys, be the church. Don't just do whatever, like be the church. So we're calling our series, Be the Church. I think Jesus is wanting to fight over some of you right now. I just, I think honestly and truly he's like, do you know what? You can do many different things, go in many different ways. You can structure your life, your routine in many different things. But what he's saying to you now is, be the church. Come on, be the people I died, I sent my spirit, I'm calling you to be. Come on, be these people. Let's see what he says. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verse 4, and we're going to jump slightly into a little bit of chapter 4 as well. God has made us, he's talking about Paul, competent as ministers of a new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We're not like Moses who'd put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing at it while the radiance was fading away. Their minds were made dull. For to this day, the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It's not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, highlight that, that's so important. Whenever one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And we who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory. If you want to know a summary of what Paul thinks it is to be a Christian... We who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into Jesus' likeness with ever-increasing glory. That's what it is. It comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Therefore, since, we through, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we don't lose heart. Rather, we've renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers, so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ. Who is the image of God? For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Oh, love it. The gospel. I wonder if you know what, what, how you would summarize the gospel. The gospel, the message that Paul went to give people all over the Mediterranean was this. God is inviting you to let him make you like Jesus. God is inviting you to let him, God, make you, you, you like Jesus. That's, that's what Paul went around telling people. Now, he, he talked about the cross, he talked about the spirit, he talked about the resurrection, he talked about church, but the whole fundamental thing is God wants to make you like Jesus and he can do that if you let him. That's the, that's the thing. Now, when I first uh, really came into a church setting like Vineyard, I remember there's two things that just really surprised me. I'd grown up going to church. I'd gone to church where we all sort of stood up, and we sung a song, and we sat down, and then somebody spoke to us, and we all, yeah, amen, and you know, we all kind of talked, and how are you? Oh, very well, you know, how's the job going? Oh, it's going very well, thank you. And then we'd all go home. And that was church. We just used to get together and do these things, and, you know, we'd have the Lord's Supper, and we'd do all this stuff, and there's just stuff with the kids and the youth, and, and we'd go home. And then I went into this setting, and, and in this setting, the two things that really surprised me. First of all, they talked about Jesus a lot. They just talked about Je- everything was about Jesus. And secondly... When they said, "Right, let's ask God to come and meet with us," it was like chaos ensued. There'd be people crying, there'd be people like shaking, there'd be people like dealing with all this stuff, and I was like looking, thinking, "What is this? What is this? It just doesn't. This isn't what I'm used to. This isn't what I thought church was." And the really strange thing was that when I, these, these guys who went to this church, when, how are you? Oh, I'm fine, thank you. How's your work, job going? Oh, it's fine, thank you. I realized that these guys, when you went to the home environment, they'd be crying silently in a room on their own. They'd be screaming at their kids. Like, da ah, ah! you know, All this stuff was going on in the home environment, but not when they gathered. And this place where these guys gathered, their opinion was if you're gonna cry anywhere, you might as well cry in church. Like, let's let's unveil ourselves before God. That's what church is. We show ourselves to one another and to God. And I was like, ah, that's it, isn't it? That's the gospel. That's a gospel community, people who actually say, we're here to do business with the Lord, not just to give him what we think he might like, but to give him our hearts, to give him access to our hearts and our deepest cares and concerns and things. And Paul is really saying this to the Corinthians, he's saying two things. First thing is, Jesus wants to transform you with his gospel. First of all, you must have an unfiltered Jesus for this to happen. You know, filters on social media and like you can change it and make it really how you want it to be. He said, Don't do that. He's like, What we do with Jesus is we just tell you it as it is, right? We don't use distortion. We don't use clever things. We just set it forth plainly. This is who Jesus is. And one thing I really want to encourage you to do is just every week be here. Or be, be somewhere, be in a church where you just get Jesus. Like, as best we can, we're just trying to tell you as it is, this is Jesus. And every day, just try and be somewhere where you're like, as best you can, like, I see Jesus. I know Jesus. Not filtered Jesus. Just be really, like, so much stuff which is preaching, which is like seven principles to achieve your goals in drive. Okay, you know, there's wisdom in that, but that's not Jesus. Do you see, like, preaching is Jesus as Lord. She said, that's the ministry of the word is Jesus is Lord. And the word Lord is so connected to glory. Did you notice how many times in this passage it's about Jesus' is glory, 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 glory? What's glory? What that basically means is he is the epitome of what it is to be a human being. If you think I want to be a successful person, I would love to be a successful person. If you think that, you look and think, Jesus just sums up what it is to be successful. Now, some of you are like, what? No, he doesn't. Like Elon Musk sums up what it to be. To be successful no jesus is way more successful than elon musk would ever be we flip our thinking we like, really really ah oh, god's idea of success is a bit different from what i think mine currently is i'm going to be formed by that i'm not going to just you know ri- i'm going to be formed by that change my understanding what it is to be smart who's the smartest guy who's ever lived jesus Jesus is Lord. He's He's the glory of God. He shows us this is the epitome of what it is to be a human being. You need that in your life to see transformation. You then also need to be choosing yourself to turn. It says in the verse, the veil which lies over us between us and God is removed when we turn to the lord when we turn to jesus and it says when we with unveiled faces it the word there could be behold or contemplate or could be reflect the lord's jesus then we get transformed moment by moment now that word is really important it's a word that kind of conjures up an image of a mirror an image of a mirror it's so important in your faith that you have those moments where you look, allow Jesus to look at you like you are looking at yourself in a mirror. Like that moment of real deep contemplation and thinking. I don't know about, many of us, we, did, we sort of went on holiday in, in the UK this year. Anyone do that? We went, we went to Scotland and uh, we, went, uh, we went past a lock and it was lots of people were swimming in the lock. Hey, let's go swimming in the lock. And as you're looking at it, you think, hey, that's great, but where's the changing rooms? They don't provide changing rooms at these places. Can you believe it? In London, there'd be changing rooms. In Scotland, there's no changing rooms. So then you do what? What so many of us maybe need to do is you get a towel, and you you know wrap it around the important bits, and then you go through the hole. You know, you know that, and then it's a, keep the towel around you so nobody sees. And there's that tricky bit, isn't there, when you're trying to get the, you know, the pants round the feet without getting them covered in dirt. Now, we would be one of two groups of people here. There's some of us who find this the simplest thing in the world, and others of us who find this really, really hard. Now, my wife can do it. She's just like... <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I'm ready. Let's go, in the, let's go in the lock. And I'm there like, hold on. Just trying to get my thing on. It doesn't matter which one you are, unless it's in church. Because in church, sometimes I feel like this. Keep it all covered. Never unveil myself. How are you doing? I'm great. No, you're not. You're crying yourself to sleep. How are you doing? Oh, I'm fine, thanks. No, you're not. Your marriage is falling apart. You're killing yourself. Why are you not saying? It's all, you know, all of this. Come on, let's go. Let's get the job done. And Jesus is like... You must turn to the Lord, and that's not just saying, I believe that you are Lord. It's to say, Jesus, I choose right now to unveil myself over and over again. Contemplate like in a mirror. I show you this is who I am. This is what's going on in my life. So important that we do this. If we want to see transformation, so removing the veil. Jesus wants to redeem you by the Spirit. Now, I just want to flag up two things that I see happening. One is religion. Through laws and coping strategies, you find ways to suggest to others and to yourself, I can manage. I'm okay. And depending on how you get on, you may need to resort to deception, secrets and distortion to cover over the sin and the brokenness you've not managed to manage. And if you think back over what's been going on last 18 months, two years, over and over again, what we've seen is the hypocrisy of people who say they believe the gospel, preach the gospel, live the gospel, but really they're living a religion where it's about them. They're trying to maintain their appearance, they're trying to look good, it's all about them, I'm going to achieve this, I'm going to do this, I try harder, I do that. And really they're people who've supposedly been the church, but have never lost the habit of unveiling themselves to Jesus. It's religion. And as Paul says, we've conducted ourselves in your presence, not according to the wisdom of this age, but according to the grace of God. And these people are talking about the grace of God, but they've conducted themselves according to the wisdom of this age, which is religion, which is just just believe in yourself, try harder, go for it, you got it, you do this, you've got this thing, and they just bring it into the environment of church the other backing track that people are hearing and I think this is probably more profound at this particular moment with all that's gone on with COVID is nihilism deep down you are told and you so you begin to fear there is no real God or real meaning so just do whatever gets you through I'm just going to do whatever gets me through it's actually a nihilistic statement Carl Truman, written a brilliant book, just looking at how we are and think about ourselves like we do now. A Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self. He says this, the greatest blow Darwin struck against Christian belief was not the discovery of science. In fact, most Christians of Darwin's they loved science. They thought it was wonderful. But the thing that Darwin's book did was it removed the idea of telos from the universe. Now, telos is, there's a point we're headed somewhere. There's a God who's steering history towards a landing point. And as soon as you think there's a telos that's not present, it's like, well, where are we going? What's the future bring? Is there anybody in charge up there? And what that does is you begin to think, actually, I don't think if I do good, I can rely on good coming from it. I think, I, it just you remove this sense of meaning and purpose And what happened gradually was then a guy called Friedrich Nietzsche came along and he wrote a book, among many others, uh, called The Parable of the Madman. And he said, if you look at what Darwin has told us, there is no telos, there's no God. If God is dead, then this is the consequences. And this is what he says. Where has God gone? Are we not straying as though through an infinite nothing? Do we not feel the breath of empty space? Has it not become colder? What Nietzsche was basically saying is if once you stop believing there's a God who loves and cares for his creation, it's not like you just carry on. You can't. There's no meaning. There's no right or wrong. There's no up. There's no down. There's no warmth. There's nothing. And the poor bloke killed himself. He was like... He was so angry with all these other atheists who were like acting like, yeah, you know, we don't believe in God, but let's go and do good in the world. it's like, there is no good. Do you not understand? There's no. You can't say something's good if there's no God. If there's no tell-off, there's no anything. It's like just this grey circle going round and round. And the problem is for the church right now and for you right now, the worries... All of our society is speaking this gray circle. Just do what gets you through. Just do what gets you through. Everything you're told, every movie you watch, everything you listen to, is, just do what gets you through this gray circle. And the gospel shouts into your ear, yeah, God was dead, but he rose again. He rose again. Yes, there is a telos. Yes, Jesus Christ came and he showed no matter how dark and bad life ever feels, God is always steering things to good. He is always acting. He's always redeeming. He is never, ever defeated. Where has God gone? He is here right now, present in front of you saying, come on, unveil yourself to me. I will transform you. I will change you. This is the gospel's message. And so we make a decision. Will we believe the gospel? Will we allow the gospel to be the backing track that informs our behavior? Or will we actually just, without realizing it, act out a backing track of nihilism? There's no real point. I'll just do whatever gets me through. And that breaks down to this, what will you do in this room? And rooms like this. What will you do in rooms like this? This is how it lands. Will you choose to say, I'm going to respond to a God who I know loves me, who sees my sin and wants to forgive me. Will you say, God, I I want to show you my sin and ask you to forgive me and, and, and deal with it? Will you believe there's a God who sees every single piece of weakness and dysfunction and pain and stuff in your life, and will you actually say, do you know what, God, yeah, I expose myself to you. I turn to you. I want you to change me. I want you to heal me. Or will you not? Because one's the decision of Somebody in the gospel and wants a decision of somebody who's bought into nihilism and religion. Which one do you want to be? It matters what happens in this room in a moment when we say, Come, Holy Spirit, that what you do in your heart, what you say to God in that moment matters. It shows how you're conducting yourself. And more than just in this room, I mean, you know this. Church isn't just about Sunday mornings being the church is to say wherever i go wherever i am i'm going to choose to turn myself to jesus to show him whatever is weak whatever is sinful whatever i hate most about myself whatever i despise most none of this none of this that i won't do that here i am here i am jesus looking in a mirror I've put on a bit of weight recently, Lord. I've started to get bitter recently, Lord. I, I said I'd forgiven that person, Jesus, but I know actually I'm I'm hating them again. Jesus, I've been acting out lost. Jesus, I've been lying. Jesus, I've been, you know what it is, you can fill in the blanks. Recently, three or four people have written me emails that said, "Look, this is where I'm at. This is. Let me just be really honest. This is where I'm at." And they never apologized. And I'm like, (laughs) "Please, never apologize for when you unveil yourself. This is what it is to be the church. For us, it's not really church if someone hasn't cried, because there's so much pain." And trouble out there. If you're not crying in here, then it's like, well, what? (laughs) Something's not right. So to land, we want to encourage you. Be the church. Bring your unfiltered self to unfiltered Jesus. And be made more like Jesus.